Welcome to the Family Life Church Podcast. We hope you're blessed and encouraged to share this with someone you know. Subscribe or visit thefamilylife.org for more information. Amen. And it came to pass, verse number one, Genesis 22. After these things that God did tempt, or better said, test Abraham. And said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning, and saddled his ass, and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and clave the wood for the burnt offering, and rose up, and went unto the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. Now move down to the 13th verse, if you would, please. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. Now, I have preached from this particular passage more times than I can possibly remember. And every time that I read it, every time that I go through it again and understand the purpose in it, and I find something uh, that I need to understand at that moment that possibly I did not understand prior to or did not see prior to. And so I'm trusting today that while this may be simplistic in its uh, presentation and what it means, I hope that someone will hear something today that is specifically for you to understand. So walk with me in the word for a while. Let's talk about my mountain, my mountain. Everybody say my mountain. my mountain. Father, I pray that you would touch us today. And I thank you, God, that your word is anointed. And I thank you that you have anointed all of us to be here. And so we gather together in unity. And I praise you, Lord, and magnify you and glorify you and exalt your name. How faithful and just and kind and loving you are, Lord, and merciful, and I pray that you are worthy, uh, that you, Lord, would receive all the praise that is due unto you, God, because you are worthy. Thank you, Lord. Help us now, every person, every individual. Anoint us. Anoint me to be your mouthpiece. Thank you, God, that you have brought us out of darkness into marvelous light, and we put our hope in you, God, and trust you. In Jesus' name, let the church say amen. 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 Now, this month, uh, if you have not signed up before you're seated here, if you have not signed up for our prayer team and uh, the weekly blog that is put out and prayers, then I ask you to do so. Fill out one of the prayer cards, put your email address on that. This month we're talking about unity. I encourage everybody to get that post and get that email every, month, every week so that you can be a part of the church and be blessed by it. Can you say amen? amen. Now, would you walk across the aisle, say hello to someone, uh, wave at them, introduce yourself to someone you don't know, make them welcome today, let them know it is good to be in the house together. church say amen. <laughs> the word of God poetically and with a certain comfort referred to us, you and I, as pilgrims. Mm, yes. By definition, it simply means people in journey to a sacred place for religious reasons. Hebrews, if you would please. 
Hebrews 11:13 said of those pilgrims of the past that they died in the faith, not having received the promise, seeing them afar off. They were persuaded by those promises. They embraced them and confessed because of those promises that they were strangers and pilgrims. They were those, they were those in the journey to a sacred place. They had taken hold of the promise and it had taken hold of them. They seen something, they, they seen something in their mind's eye and their heart of hearts that kept them moving, it persuaded them. It, it, it may have been afar off, but the gravity of the promise pulled them towards it. They were pilgrims. That's what we are. We're just pilgrims, people in journey to a sacred place, a, a far off land, a promise each day, each year, each season of life, walking onward, continuing, pulled by that promise. From time to time, the truth of the matter is, I think we all know this, but let me remind you just in case, from time to time, from time to time, it's necessary to stop and to remind ourselves that we are not home yet. That we're still in the process, that we're still in the journey, that, that the onward go must be. That no matter how hard or long the journey may be, we are pilgrims. Uh, pilgrims, uh, pilgrims that stay in the journey. That the preoccupation of the day m- must not make us lose sight of what is yet to be. No matter how much it's in our vision, how much we hear, how much we know, we move forward. And it must be remembered that, that the journey, everybody hear me for a moment right now, that the journey is not a straight line. It's, it's not a straight line on level ground, a walk without weary moments. I think we struggle with that at times because we have the, 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 the feeling that somehow we need to work ourselves into a particular position or posture or place of, uh, of acceptance in God. And, and so when the highs and the lows come to us and the valleys and the mountains are presented to us, we, we find it difficult because every now and then we stumble and fall. And, and we forget, we forget that God in his grace recognizes who we are and where we are and what we're going through. We forget that it is not a straight line on level ground. And we forget that there are weary moments in in the walk that we have with God. But rather, we have to understand it is one with hills and valleys and elements and environments that try to offend and oppose us. Let me take a step back here for a moment from what I'm preaching and remind every one of us that often we point out all the indicators of what we consider to be the end time and all the things that we think in, in, in the landscape of life that that's pointed to where we are at in, in, in regards to this end day, the return of the Lord. But can I remind you uh, that one of the most significant indicators of the end time is that we will be offended. That it is impossible, but that offenses will come. That there will be things that present themselves to us to cause us to halt and hesitate in our walk with God. That attempt to distract us and detour us from the purpose and plan that God has for our life. We forget that. That that's just as much an indicator as anything else. And so we have to remember that we are in journey in this day. For the truth be known, each one of us in this place today must recognize the fact that there stands in each of our own pilgrim way that mountain. That mountain in our life that that we know must be climbed and it must be conquered if we are to carry on in this sacred journey to home. God told Abraham, God told Abraham to take his only son and offer him there on a mountain that he would tell him. That was it. You understand this? That was it. 
That was the call and the command of God. There were no more details given. There was nothing else revealed to him. There was nothing else said in this test that God was putting to Abraham. Take your son, your only son, and go to the mountains that I will tell you of and there offer him for a sacrifice. That was it. That was the call. That was the command. And for three days, Abraham had to walk with the weight of that word in his mind and in his heart. Three days walking, one foot in front of the other, to a mountain that was appointed to offer his son as a sacrifice. God could have, understand this please, someone that's in a difficult moment of life, going through a season that you may not be able to articulate or understand, God could have told him just to go outside the tent door and build the altar there, put the wood in order just a few steps from where he lived and offer him there. But that would have eliminated the journey. That would have eliminated, someone say amen. amen. That would have eliminated the process from here to there. There is a necessity and a blessing in learning to live for God in the difficult days that we endure. It is a necessity of our walk with God. If we read the epistles, if we read the New Testament, a great deal of the New Testament was in regards to suffering and pain that we would have to endure. Because somehow we have had the fallacy in our mind to think that uh, this walk with God will be one of ease and one without difficulty or challenges. There is a blessing in the opposition. There's a blessing to be found in the journey from here to there. Uh, the necessity and the blessing is learning to live for God in difficult days that we have to endure, that sometimes the very plan and purpose of God for his will is not just in the destination, but it is in the days that lead to the destination. That the will of God is unfolded, it's revealed, because God is often that way with us. Brother Trace, God's often that way with us, that he reveals himself to us in the unfolding of his nature. He shows to us uh, the way and the will for our life in the unfolding. We don't see, I talked about it here uh, this last Wednesday night, we don't see the entirety of the journey, but they, he becomes the portion uh, that we need him to be at the moment that we need him to be that portion. He reveals to us what we need to understand at that moment that we need the revelation. I am not here today because of the, uh, of the totality of knowledge, but I am here today because I have been given those moments of knowledge in my life. I have been, been given those moments of blessings in my life that have sustained me to this very moment. Somebody say amen. Amen. You and I are the product of living for God when the way is weary and when it is not. Amen. It's in the learning to trust him when we cannot see where we're going that we often gain the greatest strength and the greatest insight in our life. To trust him in those moments that we cannot see, that we cannot understand, that we cannot define. For three days, for three days he journeyed. And it was on that third day that the word said he lifted up his eyes and seen the place afar off. He was still not there on the third day, but he lifted up his eyes and he seen the place afar off. He lifted up his eyes on the third day. Uh, hear this, uh, head and heart heavy. He had to lift up his eyes and see something that he had to climb. Something in the distance, uh, uh, the bowed down head, the, the weariness of the heart, walking three days with the knowledge uh, that he would have to offer this, this one son that held the promise that had been given to him. Three days he walked with that journey. Think about it, parent. Think about it for a moment, father, mother. 
that would walk that, that distance involved to that place uh, that you knew you, that you had to offer your child. It, it was his mountain. It was the mountain that Abraham had, Abraham had to climb. He had to climb it. He had to conquer it. There was victory on the other side of it, but it, it did not eliminate the need to journey to it and climb and conquer that place. No matter how difficult that thing that is facing you in your life has been or still is, it is, the all, it is only in the journey to it and over it that you can find the peace and promise that you are looking for. Someone hear me. Someone that's been battling something for years. It's hard to believe, but yet it is nonetheless true that often people sit on church pews Sunday after Sunday, year after year, uh, still struggling with those things that have captivated them for their entire life. Hidden haunts and habits in their life that they think that no one knows about and may not know about but yet they grace the doors of the church Sunday after Sunday, hiding behind it and nobody knowing. Can I tell somebody, you don't have to live constantly defeated by the mountain that faces you in your life. You can be set free today. Now, now I, I told you there was gonna be somewhat of just simplicity about this and I pray that this simplicity comes shining through here right now. Hear me, if you are bound by pornography today, you can be set free from pornography. If you are bound by adultery, you can be set free from adultery. If you are bound by, is this okay for just a second? If you are bound by lust today, you can be set free from lust this day. Amen. If you are bound by homosexuality, you can be set free and healed of homosexuality. I'm going to say those kind of things. Amen. Can I tell you today that if you have a habit in your life that you are incarcerated by, amen, you can be set free from that habit today. If you are bound by drugs and alcohol and sin, can I tell you, you don't have to live a life incarcerated by those things. That may be your mountain, but can I tell you, God can give you victory over that mountain that is facing you right now. Because we cannot be ignorant to the truth that people come into the church and churches this day, right now, at this time, all around this world, that they come into the church and nobody knows the difference, but they are still bound in their life. It is not the will of God for you to be bound by sin. Amen, amen. No matter how difficult that thing that is facing you, amen, in this journey, you can have victory. That was his flesh. Do you understand this? That was his flesh that he was to offer. It is our flesh that we put on the pile of wood that holds the promise. I have to be willing to put my flesh on that pile of wood for the promise to happen. Um, uh, we, we have to walk all the way up to that thing that must be given all to God. We, we have to keep that mountain in sight. And can I be so bold as to tell you, even when there are uh, victories in our life where we overcome those things, we still have to recognize that the enemy will attempt to use those things as tools against us to cause us to continually be defeated, even if we have overcome it in the past. To ignore the things in our life that should be submitted to God that we know uh, are the self-will, the weights and the sins that are besetting us is to diminish the price that Jesus paid for us on the cross at Calvary. If I ignore them, I'm, I'm trying to get somebody to understand this today. If I ignore those things, if I, act like, uh, if I act like they are not a problem, and not just the things that I mentioned, but many more things often that uh, captivate people in their life by sin, um, if I just ignore those things and act like they're not a problem in time, I will acclimate my spiritual life to them and become comfortable with them to where I am no, everybody still with me? To where I am no longer convicted by them. 
And I'm going to repeat this again just so that everybody understands this. If I, if I make room for them in my life, if I continually accommodate them, if I continually allow them to find a footing, then in time I will become comfortable with them to the point that I will no longer be convicted in the spirit about those things. Uh, because we live in a culture and a generation, a time where there is so much accessibility and there are so many things at our fingertips. It used to be, uh, this, hear me, just stick with me. I'm old enough to remember that you had to work at some sins back in the day. Uh, there were some things that if you were going to sin, you're going to do wrong. Uh, you're going to be lustful. You were going to be uh, a wayward or, or struggling that, that you had to work at it if you would. But now in our particular culture, in our particular times, that is not the case. There is, the, uh, there is ease around us. We, are, uh, we have accessibility to sin. It, it's, it's very quickly had. Uh, it's very quickly in front of us. We have a screen in front of us. We have accessibility to people and things immediately, immediate gratification of the flesh. And that is the problem. Everybody still with me? Say Amen. I didn't mean to go this far today, but, I, but I'm in the water, so let's swim around for a while. Uh, we have immediate, immediate gratification of the flesh. And because of immediate gratification of the flesh, it's easy to accommodate sin. And it's easy to be comfortable with sin. Because after all, it's around us all the time and we see it and we become so, uh, somewhat jaded and desensitized to it because we're constantly seeing it and it's constantly around us. But can I tell you, that is a slow decline to spiritual death. We can find ourselves getting on that slope and we can't get back up because we have gone too far and we fail to feel the conviction of the spirit that needs to, be it needs to be felt. It must be that we climb that mountain, that we just don't ignore it. We recognize it's in front of us and we get on top of it and we offer ourselves to God. Amen. I often talk about practical Christianity because I believe in practical Christianity. I believe that there must be that we put into practice the simple things of our lives, the habits and the disciplines that keep us in relationship with God. There's something about determining. Everybody still with me? Say amen now. Uh, there's something about getting up every day, Brother Jose, and putting the word in front of my face before I put anything else in front of my face. Uh, there's something about getting up every day and talking to God, Brother Esau, before I talk to anybody else about anything else. Amen. Why? Because it helps keep my mind in, in the place. It's the practical Christianity. There's something about being faithful to church on a Sunday and on a Wednesday. And when things are happening around the church that keep me in time and in tune with spiritual things. Because part of the process and the plan of God is in the journey from here to there. And the things I do in journey bring me to the ultimate destination point where I must encounter God. Amen. 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 Uh, it was not until... It was not until Abraham put Isaac on the altar and had blade in hand to slay him that God provided a ram in the thicket. Um, while God had a plan of deliverance all along, understand this, and the omniscience of God, he knew. He knew that ultimately there was that ram in the thicket. Uh, Abraham still nonetheless had to be willing to get to it for it to be offered. He still had to present himself into the place for that ram to be offered, to present Isaac as that which was to be offered. While we do not work our way into salvation, everybody hear this now. We don't work our way into salvation. We do walk our way to the fulfillment of the promise. We don't work our way into it, but we do walk our way. Well, we don't, it's, it's the unmerited favor of God. It's grace. By grace you are saved, not of works lest any man should boast. I don't, there's nothing, I'm, Brother Brandon, I'm not going to be able to do anything to be good enough to be able to be saved by God. Right. I'm not going to be able to be moral enough. 
I'm not going to have enough right words in my mouth. I'm not going to have enough brains. We all know that. That's, uh, that day's gone for me. Uh, we're not going to be able to have all the things around us that say that we merit God's favor. No, if I'm going to have the favor of God, it's going to be because he's just good. And it's his grace. So I can't work my way into salvation, but I must walk my way in faithfulness. Amen. I must daily live for God. I must daily put one foot in front of the other and live for him. We stay the course. We faithfully follow when it's convenient and when it is not. When it feels good and when it does not feel good. We still stay faithful to God when we like it or when we don't like it. When it's the song we like, we still sing. When it's the song we don't like, we still sing. Uh, because it's not about the time or the tempo of the song. It's not about the tune. But it is about the Savior that's being worshipped, the God who is being praised. Everybody understand this right now? Uh, we live for God when it's convenient. We live for God when it's not convenient. We have, we have gone through, as of recent, inconvenient days. We've gone through a season that has not been convenient to, to gathering and to spirituality in a collective form. We've, we've felt things and been opposed and, and, and we, we've had things come against us. And it's been a unique season that we have been walking through and still somewhat walking through that. But just because it is inconvenient and just because it doesn't feel good or not the way that I want it to be, it doesn't mean I stop living for God. And it doesn't mean that I move out of the will of God. It doesn't mean that I take myself out of the journey from here to there. If God puts you, everybody stick with me right now. Now, if God puts you in the journey, stay the course. If God puts you in that plan, stay right where he puts you. Amen. If God intended for you to get from here to there, then stay right where you're at till you get to there. Amen. 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 We stay the course. We faithfully follow. When it's convenient, when it's not. When it feels good, when it does not. And like in Abraham and Isaac, we carry the wood. We carry the wood up the mountain to make the fire burn. And we carry the fire to make the wood burn there. Take the knife to slay what must be offered. I found it unique here in reading this that Abraham, it said there when he left home, he claved the wood. He took the wood with him. It could have been that he waited till he got there. But no, he, he took the wood with him. Why? Because we don't wait to prepare for then when we get there. We prepare now for what we will encounter. Amen. Because we survive, as I said here a few weeks ago. We survive what we prepare for. What was being done, in other words, was intentional. It wasn't left to chance. What needed to make it happen was purposed. It was purposed before the journey. Our ability to complete the journey. Someone hear me right now. Our ability to complete the journey in this pilgrim's walk must be determined. Our mind and heart must be made up. But Tim and Evener, amen, I believe there's something to be said. What the word said to put your hand to the plow and don't look back. I believe there's something to be said for putting your hand to the plow and not looking back. That there's nothing that will swerve or sway us. That we put the destination in mind. That we put heaven in our heart. And and, and we're going to keep on living for God. We're going to keep on walking. We're going to keep, no matter if anybody does or does not. Everybody okay? Uh, Whether my family does or whether my family does not. Whether people that I know, amen. Whether they're here on a Sunday or whether they're not here on a Sunday. I'm still going to live for God. It's not going to change the way that I worship It's not going to change the way that I praise God. It's not going to change the way that I believe. Amen. Why? Because I put my hand to the plow. I'm going to lower my head and I'm going to get there. Amen. 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 It must be determined. Young families, young families hear me in the sound of my voice. Your life must be ordered for it to be ordained and anointed by God. If you want your life to be ordained of God, if you want it to be anointed of God, then it must be ordered. There must be things put in place, a plan put in place that's followed. Amen. Amen. For it to be, for it to be anointed. 
of God because God will not anoint that which is unordered. He's obligated to his word. There was a reason why Abraham put the wood in order because if the fire was gonna burn, then the wood needed to be placed in order. It was not haphazard. It was not just thrown together. It was intentional. It was laid in the way for the best results to bring the fire that day to consume the sacrifice. If you want your life to be ordered, if you want your life rather to be uh, anointed of God, then you need to order your life in God. You need to order your home in God. Is this okay today? Uh, you need to order your home in God. Make prayer a priority. Make the word a priority. Amen. It's not, it shouldn't be a question when church time rolls around. My mind feeling real preachy today, so I hope you all are okay. Amen. Wednesday's coming, and I may not feel all that preachy, but right now I do. Amen. It shouldn't be a question in your home. I've said it before, whether we're not going to church or not today. No, if it's Sunday, we go to church. Wednesday, we go to church. When it's time to be faithful to God, we're faithful to God. When it's time to pray before the meal, we lower our head. We pray the prayer. Amen. Why? Because we have a destination to get to. And for us to get to that destination, there are certain things that have to be put in place to get to that destination. Amen. Young man, young lady, pick up the wood. Carry the fire. Hold the thing that will offer the sacrifice. Hold the thing in your hands that will offer the sacrifice. Carry the things that will hold the sacrifice. Your life is not an accident. It is not chance. You have a mountain to climb. Everybody in the sound of my voice has a mountain that must be climbed. Saint of God, lift up your eyes. The promise may be far off, but I'm telling everyone we can make it. We can live for God. We can endure. We can be saved. Somebody lift a hand right now and just worship God with me for a moment. God, I worship you. I worship you. I worship you, God. How faithful and just and loving you are. If you will just climb that mountain, put it all there for God, there's the promise of a ram in that mountain. Yes. Jesus, understand this, Jesus already paid the price on Mount Calvary. All you have to do is trust him. Musicians, if you would, please. If Abraham had not put himself in that place that he was supposed to be, he would have never been where the ram was to be provided. You and I have to put our life right where God intends and ordains for it to be if the provision is to be found. If it's to be found, then we have to put our life in the right place, in the right place of living. Stopping in the journey was not and is not. Hear me, someone. Stopping in the journey was not and is not an option. Taking our own path and our own way of living will never lead us to the place of salvation. If you have contemplated leaving the church, if you have contemplated walking away from God, if you have felt like that the mountain is too great, the valley's too deep, the sides of it too steep, and, and you just can't battle it anymore, you're, you're ready to give up, you're ready to throw in the towel because You've been back to that altar one too many times you feel like and you feel like that God's tired. I'm telling you, get up again. Don't leave the church. Don't walk away from God. Don't give up because that mountain seems too steep to climb. You may have battled it before and you may have come to this altar 1,000 times about that habit or that haunt in your life or that thing that you're captivated by. I'm asking you to come 1,001 times. I'm asking you to pray again, not to give up on God, not to walk away, amen, because if you're ever gonna get to the promise, you've got to stay in the journey. 
Uh, God's not asking for perfection right now. God is ask, asking you just simply to be faithful in the journey to climb that mountain one step at a time. There's a ram on your mountain. Hear me, it, there, every, every mountain has its ram. I believe that. I believe that every mountain has its ram. In other words, I believe every mountain that you face and every mountain that I face, there is an answer there. There is a provision in God that he will sustain me and that he will save me at the right moment that I need sustained and saved by. That when I don't see where it's coming from, it's gonna be there. When I don't know how it's gonna happen, he's gonna make it happen. When I feel like I'm weak, he's gonna enable me to be strong. When I don't have any place to turn, he's gonna find, let me find that thing that will save me. Come on, somebody just lift a hand and say, thank you, Jesus. Somebody ought to just thank him right now that, that he's always been there on every mountain that you've had to climb. Amen, everything that you've had to deal with, every struggle in your life that you've encountered. <laughs> now, I might be simple in my thinking, but I really believe that Abraham had to be at that place at just the right time for that ram to be in that thicket. In other words, there, was, there could not be a delay. Don't delay. Your salvation depends on it. There is an appointed time that we must respond to. Look at this last scripture and I'm done. Because he hath appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance all, unto all men in that he hath raised him from the dead. Because he hath appointed a day, that mountain, that ram, that sacrifice, it all had an appointed time. Your surrender to God has an appointed time because Jesus has an appointed day to judge us all. He's coming back, so there cannot be delay. You need to be saved right now. This is the day of salvation. This is the day where the ram's gonna be in the thicket for you. Come on, somebody begin to pray and talk to God right now about this. All over this church as we stand to our feet, this is the moment, don't delay. That ram is in the thicket for your salvation. You've got a mountain to climb. You've got a victory, amen, that's promised for you. Don't delay. In the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody, pray with me right now. Father, I believe, and I'm praying right now for somebody in this place that needs to repent of their sins and be baptized in your name, Jesus, and filled with your spirit, God, that they would recognize that this is the day of salvation, that the problem they've been dealing with that the struggle they've had in their life, that the sin that has them bound, oh Lord, that they can be set free from it right now. They don't have to live in hiding and, and defeat. They don't have to be bound by lust and wrong and, and God, all those things that they're captivated by. God, I pray right now that there would come a deliverance in this house and that person would recognize that you paid the price that you offered yourself that we might have life more abundantly.